0: And then I had to confess. Well, I got to tell, I mean, he was absolutely livid. <laughs> it, was not, it was not pleasant. And we went to dinner with uh, James Orr, our director, and uh, he thought the story would be great for the show. So I was saved, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank God. It was good yeah, friendship. I was saved. Then it was okay. Then it was really good that it happened. <laughs> so, but I did lose the seeds, and I kept trying to reach this condor, and I flew him uh To Cartagena, and he brought another set of those seeds. So we say. This is Lit and
1: Lucid, your after work de stress smoke sesh podcast.
2: I'm your host, Lit.
1: And I'm your host, Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey
2: a journey to discover the truth and find the balance.
1: Every week, we get deep on those thought provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe.
2: But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture.
1: So kick back,
2: consume your favorite cannabis products. And get cozy, cozy in the Lit,
1: lit and lucid, lucid lifestyle.
2: Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. It's Thursday and you know we're recording another episode of the show. Today, you guys, almost one year ago to the date, we sat down with Jim Belushi to discuss their new hit TV show on the Discovery Channel, Growing Belushi. Today, we have the pleasure of chatting with Jim's cousin, Chris GM of Belushi Farms. We've loved watching Chris on Growing Belushi as Jim's right-hand man, providing comic relief to Jim's stunts and even giving himself in a bit of trouble when he lost the elusive seeds Jim had found in Colombia. Welcome, Chris. We're super excited to have you on the show to share your story about how you got into the cannabis industry and more about
0: Growing Belushi. Well, thank you very much for the invitation. It certainly is an honor. I'm not used to it because Jim gets all the invites. So this (laughs) is like one of the first. So I'm very excited. Thank you.
1: Totally. No, and we're excited to have you on. You know, we watched Growing Blue She last year and and we're, you know, not to give a spoiler, but we're excited that, you know, the next season is filmed, it sounds like, and it's going to be coming out. And, uh, you know, we had a pleasure of watching you and really watching you be kind of Jim's right-hand man and keep him in line and, and, uh, you know what the purpose of this now is just learn more about your role with the farm and learn more about you as just an individual and your past and really, you know, what led you here today. And so we know that you had a uh, successful, you know, background in building chain restaurants down in Florida. And so why don't we start there? Why don't we, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and how you ended up at, uh, you know, Jim's doorstep at Belushi Farms.
0: Uh, well, I was born and raised in Chicago. Both Jim and I were in, um We were pretty much born in the same neighborhood uh, around the Humboldt Park area in Chicago, and we grew up together as kids. And then as all of our parents began to become more successful, you know, they all moved to the suburbs. So Jim went to Wheaton I went to Elmhurst and all of our cousins kind of spread out for a while. Right. And then we went to the schools and we kind of We kind of got a lot of new friends, and then we didn't see each other as much, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I stayed in the restaurant business, which my father was in, and I learned the business. I went to school. I went to college for about a year and a half, and I gave it up because I was broken. I hated to be without money. Mm -hmm. So I left school, and my dad had two restaurants at that time and just pretty much gave me the keys to one of the restaurants and said, here you go and he was really good that way so he let me run the restaurant he let me make mistakes he sat back and watched <laughs> and you know i learned through uh, necessity yeah. so i i was really interested in the business uh jim kind of followed john's footsteps and you know he started with the acting i would go see him at second city and so we spent quite a bit of time there with second city but uh he went to Hollywood. And uh, I ended up moving to Naples, Florida to help a friend of mine open the restaurant. I had three children at the time and um, went there and worked for him for a year and then started my own little restaurant with my mom and my dad and my wife. And that was very successful. We were very lucky. And we built a 13-unit chain from there. Uh, I sold it for the most part. We did some sports bars, some seafood restaurants. My kids are still involved. And then uh, Jim came to Florida a couple of times, and we started spending time together again. And he was in the process of building a home here in Oregon on the river. I think he bought eight and a half acres. It was an old Elks Lodge. And he wanted me to come and see the house. So I did. I came and visited. The house was being built. And by the time the house was done a year and a half later, the property next door to the house became available. And so he bought another 85 acres and didn't know what to do with it. And he started a small cannabis business and he had a couple of growers here and they went through the process of growing originally. It did not go well. And um, I came for another visit and we started talking and, you know, they were growing a little bit and they were there was really no structure in place. I think it was really more of a hobby for him in the beginning. So I just sort of used my business background to help him get organized, get some of the staff in order. And it just kept going from there and I'm on my fifth year. And so I just have been going back and forth from Naples here. Married for 47 years. I have seven grandchildren, six girls and a boy, (laughs) but now my problem is You know, I can't wait to go back to Naples to the family. But then I'm there a week or 10 days and I can't wait to get back to the farm. (laughs) And I complain about it, but I think I'm in a great situation. Yeah, Yeah.
2: you get to do both still.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think uh, my marriage has never been better, by the way. I think my wife and I are both really happy because we're (laughs) happy to see each other. Yeah. I'm there two weeks and she's like, you know, I I think they need you at the farm. I think it's time for you to go back. (laughs) Yeah. So it's working very well right now for us.
2: Oh, my gosh. What a cool story. I love how you ended up at Belushi Farms. But then it's also cool how you still get to use, you know, all your entrepreneur skills. And I know you handle like finances and compliance and all the organizational things at the farm. So that's really awesome. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about what it's like, you know, working with Jim. I know you've known him his whole life, but what's it like, you know, working intimately with him on the farm?
0: Uh, We really have a good time. I mean, we spend a lot of quality time together. I think being apart from him all those years, uh, watching, you know, how successful he became, having his own show for eight years and doing all these movies and you know, I've always been a guy that goes to bed at night and I wonder if I did the right thing all day. Did I say the right thing? Did I do the right thing? You know, that voice in your head that constantly talks to you and yeah. questions what you've done for the day. And and so with Jim, <clears throat> you know, I kind of figured he had it all together. Right. But mm-hmm. we would sit in the jacuzzi at night and relax. And then he would ask those same questions that go through my mind. So it's kind of like, wow. You know, we all need help, right? We all yeah. need someone by our side to help. So I've been there for Jim. He's been there for me. And I think that the relationship that we have is really, really blossomed into something special. And I think even at the end of that show, when he talked about us being brothers, and by the way, everything on that show was real. Uh, we've just become inseparable. And I think that we know that we can totally lean on each other for whatever we need. And, um, it's really genuine and I don't have a brother. So for me, it's, uh, it's awesome, but you know, we're both a little, I don't know. Jim always says, you know, we're a little bit criminal from Chicago. So (laughs) we can get in trouble a little bit here and there. We have fun. We like getting in the car and delivering weed collecting cash taking the cash to the bank you know it takes us back to the high school days a little bit yeah yeah so you know we we was trying and then you know we were fighting our age right we're trying to stay young we're trying to have a purpose in life and uh and you know i mean you know this whole cannabis thing has just been something that i was never really interested in we Visited in Denver, Colorado, Uh, and this is my other problem being from Florida. I forget stuff, right? I forget names and stuff. I apologize. But Charlotte's Web, actually, in Denver area in Colorado, I'll say. I think it's south of Denver, but they also are involved with a little uh, children's hospital and Jim and I went there to visit. There were probably about 20 children there, you know, ages from 5 to 12, somewhere in that range. And um, these children were having up to three and four hundred seizures a day. Wow. Jim and I went to visit there. They knew Jim was coming. All the kids dressed up in these Blues Brothers hats (laughs) and Blues Brothers sunglasses. It was adorable. And, you know, they were all on this medication and they've gone from three and four hundred seizures a day to one or two. Wow. It was unbelievable. And there was a child there that was probably nine years old in a wheelchair. It was a young girl. Her mother was there and her older brother. And I was talking to the mom and she was explaining to me that, and she had only been there for like three months. But, you know, she told me that for 10 years, her child suffered with three, 400 seizures a day. And coming to Colorado and taking this medication and having it stop, you know, her frustration really was that her child had to go through that for 10 years. She said that she never slept with her husband in those 10 years, she slept with her daughter. I mean, it was, it was sad. Mm-hmm. And I asked her if I can pick her daughter up, and she said yes. And I picked her up and I held her in my arms. And I got to tell you, the hug and the way she held me was, it just tore me up. She was so sweet, so loving. And, you know, I just started to cry I just couldn't. I, I was trying to contain myself, but it was one of the most emotional things I've ever experienced in my life. And, you know, from that point forward. And I mean, I have my own grandchildren. So, you know, you think of them and God forbid something like that happens. But the fact that this medication changed her life uh, told me that I'm OK. I am on a good mission. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's worthy. I feel really worthy for what I'm doing. I try and learn as much as I can about growing. I think as a restaurateur, you know, I've always bought produce from a farm and never thought twice what it really takes. Yep. So on this farm, it, it is agriculture. And I, I'm, I'm amazed at how much work it really is and the knowledge that you have to have. You know the grower that we have, Anthony, right now, who does a tremendous job, and his whole crew. You know, I learn from them every day. But and then this industry also tends to change daily, so I'm a little slower. Sometimes (laughs) takes me a little time to learn everything. But it's been fun. It's been fun. We've created a wonderful family here on the farm. I mean, we probably have twelve to fifteen people here that. You know, they're just lovely. It took us a while to build a great crew, but uh, we really are a family. And, you know, when I'm in Naples, I cook for the kids and my grandkids and they come over and that's what I enjoy doing. So now I've got this crew to cook for and they really <laughs> appreciate it. So I do it frequently that's and fun. we have these wonderful lunches or breakfast and uh, they really feel that this is like their second home.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Jim has really gone out of his way to, you know, not hold back on any expense for us to create a facility here that's, you know, they have everything that they need. I mean, they work in a building with air conditioning, television, bathrooms, uh, you know, whatever they need. It's just a wonderful place to work. He's very loving to the crew. Uh, We both are loving to the crew. And, you know, they help us. We help them. And it's, 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 it's a... it's a great thing. You know, we're all on a great mission. That's what I liked about it. At most, I worried in the beginning being in this business if that was the right thing for a grandpa to do right yeah. now. But now I feel really good about it after I've seen what this medication can do. So I'm in a good place. I mean, this has taken me to a really good place. And I get to have fun with Jim.
1: Yeah, that's the main thing, really. And I think that, um, you know, what's beautiful about this whole thing is that it really does just out of both you and jim of just your authenticity and i think that's why we were drawn to jim and, and growing belushi and then why you know we eventually fell you know in love with you and your character especially like in the show and it doesn't even it's not even a character you know anymore it's really just who you guys are and i think that's yeah. that's what we needed really in the whole industry because i'll admit i was the same way you know i came from an academic background and uh, my family's had their issues and we talked about it on the show with with jim and Um, you know, I wasn't really a big, you know, believer in drugs at the time. And then I found that, you know, cannabis does have these medicinal properties and it is absolutely helping people. And so I went into it and still getting in the industry, it was tough for me because you do see parts of it where you're like, that's not me. You know, that's not what I represent. You know, I consider myself a family man. It sounds like, you know, Chris, you're a family man too. And, and some of this stuff it, you know, it, it is, it is, it is kind of counterintuitive to what we think about with families, but um these stories the one like you just shared and really what what you're doing with jim at the at growing belushi and the Belushi farms is just normalizing it for all of us and showing us that there is a a different side of cannabis and there's a different way to do this and it can be approached from uh, a point of healing and a point of producing medication and and medicine for people and doing it in an approachable manner um at the same time of like having fun and and making it realistic and genuine to where it doesn't feel like you're watching you know, a sitcom or a comedy or something, it's like you're watching something happen in in real time, in real life. And I think it's beautiful, really, what you guys have been able to do. Even my parents watched the show. And they were like, I love this, you know, and they they couldn't, they kept calling me like, when's the next episode? And I'd tell them, I think that was it. I think it was just a couple episodes and we'll have to keep an eye out for the next season. So you've captivated America.
0: We got three more coming. This season's really good. And by the way, I think that most people, when they watch the first season, you know, everywhere I go, everyone always asks me, did you really lose the seeds? <laughs> uh, I can tell you that, you know, we flew into Colombia and as we did a lot of traveling, people were giving us seeds, uh, not the ones that we were looking for, but, <clears throat> you know, and they wanted us to try their weed and they gave us cocoa leaves. <laughs> so, when we left Bogota, we were about to get on a plane and the, our driver, you know, I asked him, I said, Is it okay to carry seeds on the plane? And he said, Yes, it is. But don't take the cocoa leaves, you know, and don't take buds. And I had a couple of buds that had they had given, which I was going to try and bring back here. i probably not even allowed obviously. But anyway, <laughs> we got to the airport. And I told Jim, I got to dump this stuff. He said, Okay, of course, You know, he doesn't wait for me. He goes in the airport. I'm trying to find a garbage can. (laughs) And I threw the wrong envelope out. I threw the seeds out. We got on the plane and we got to Medellin and we got to the airport. And my cousin, as he normally does, calls my room. And, you know, he's all excited and said, okay, you know, bring the seeds. Let's label them and wrap them up. I said, okay. I looked, I looked, I looked, I looked. Couldn't find the seeds. (laughs) Finally, it dawned on me what I did. And I called him back and I said, I'm going to take a nap. No, 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 no. Come on. You got to come. We got to do the seeds. We got to do the seeds. And then I had to confess. Well, I got to tell. I mean, he was absolutely livid. It (laughs) was not not pleasant. And we went to dinner with uh, James Orr, our director. And uh, he thought the story would be great for the show. So I was saved. Right. (laughs) Yeah, thank God. Yeah, I was saved. Then it was okay. Then it was really good that it. (laughs) <laughs> so, but I did lose the seeds and I kept trying to reach this condor and I flew him uh, to Cartagena and he brought another set of those seeds. So yeah. we stayed. But but it was real. You know, it was real. Yeah. So everything that happened in that show really was real. And people found it hard to believe. One of the things that I have been able to do here, which I'm grateful to have done, I think that a lot of these cannabis growers that have done it all, all their lives, uh, you know, my father years ago would operate a restaurant. You know, they really didn't write checks. They, You know, there were no credit cards at that time in their pocket. They kept all the cash in their pocket and they paid the bills and whatever was left was what their profit was. Well, you know, I mean, I learned to do budgets and projections and So I've been teaching Anthony and some of the staff here, you know, how to do that. And that's kind of a new experience for them. And I think that's what's happening in this business. It is becoming more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. So you can actually do some projections, look at your labor costs, look at budget variances and try and stay on track. So, you know, teaching them some of these skills has been rewarding for me because it is a different approach. Um, Unfortunately, too many times the budget goes to hell, mm-hmm. but at least, you know, at least at least they know. <laughs> yeah, at least we're trying, you know, they can see where it goes to hell, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and that's so.
2: important in the cannabis industry because we know taxes are crazy <laughs> and a lot of people think all oh, these cannabis farms are making tons of money and half the time that's not really the case because there's just so many expenses. So at least you're oh, keeping everybody in line.
0: Yeah, it's very difficult. And I think at least in the restaurant business, you know, you can set your menu prices and you're good for a year. I mean, here, you know, you know what your costs are going to be, but you never really know what the revenue stream is going to be because you don't know what you're going to get paid per pound.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And, um, you know, the business, it's tough. It's really, really tough. Yeah. We here at Duluthie Farms, no matter what, I mean, we've got our crew busy or slow. We keep everyone year-round. We're not really hiring and firing. We do have a labor leasing company that provides us with some labor when we need a real push. Yeah. But all of our people are full-time and they can count on having a 12-month job and jim is uh you know we call our property by the way camera ready because he's always shooting the farm (laughs) so if we're out of cannabis work there's you know 95 (laughs) acres here so there's always work to do to (laughs) beautify the property because he is he's anal about the condition of the property (laughs) but we you know he's
1: having fun isn't he i think i see the farm and it's beautiful and and when we interviewed him, you know, a year ago, he sat on the back porch of the house he built and he had like a stream in the background and you could tell it was like he finally found like a good spot in life. And it, it seems like he's really enjoying this.
0: Oh, it's a special place. Just, there's something really special about this. You know, we come, our parents come from a little town in Albania called mm-hmm. Uh You know, Jim's father's home and my dad's home are right next door to each other in this <laughs> country, in this little town in Albania, so. We call this little Chuteza because that was the name of our town. So sometimes we feel like, you know, like our dads were, and there was a little river that went through that town. Oh my goodness. So we have this wonderful feeling knowing that our dads know that we're together. Yeah. It's very sweet.
2: Oh, I love that.
0: Very sweet. Yeah, it is sweet.
2: That's so, a fun nice. so
0: we look forward, we cook, I cook. And as soon as we're done eating, he's doing the dishes. He won't let me load the dishwasher because I don't put the dishes in right. I mean, we're really like a married couple. Yeah, for the That's
2: what I was just going <laughs> to say. It sounds like. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it doesn't stop. But it's a challenge for me now because he no longer eats meat. He's on this plant-based diet. Oh, well, wow. And that that's not me. Yeah. So you know, I got to do two different meals each night.
2: That's tough. Oh, man. Where are you finding all these new recipes?
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I, on the internet, you know. I, I do what I can to glorify each one of those things, but <laughs> you know, he's probably gained ten pounds, and somehow I've lost ten pounds, so it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> That's so
1: funny. That's well, let's talk about you know, you know, you uh, you've kind of had a step in the limelight a bit, and, and really kind of put on your TV shoes and kind of, and be out there, you know, what's that been like? And then, um, you know, season two of growing Belushi is coming out, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe some of the themes and stuff we can look forward to, or any spoilers that, that you want to share with
0: that. You know, I've never, um, I've never done TV before, obviously. So that first season was a whole new experience for me. I think that there were a few times where they were giving me lines and I cannot remember a line for the life. Of so if you watch the show, I think it's exactly the relationship where Jim and I are. And I think that they basically, you know, they turn the camera on and they follow Jim and I and we just do what we normally do. So everything we do is a real conversation. It's improvised. Uh, you know, we always tend to dig at each other anyway. So. It's really us on the show. There's nothing written. There's no script because I could never, you know, I can't recite lines. I just can't. doesn't work for me. So it's real. And it's been very easy because I have the advantage of being myself. Jim really carries the big load because I think he's... You know, aside from showing our relationship and what our relationship is, he's really trying to educate the audience about the the, the, the cannabis business itself. Mm-hmm. So he has a huge job to get that message across. Right. Yep. And he does a really great job of it. I think he's really the top spokesman spokesman for the industry. I think he's doing a great job and he's trying to show the world that, uh, you know, cannabis is a medication and it's it's. It's wonderful what he's doing, and he he really believes in it. Yeah. He's not doing it for the money. I think that's the other good thing. Yeah. Well, Jim always says, you know, his his push to me is always can you know you think we can break even, which is really always looking for. <laughs> keep everybody working and let's break even and we can keep going. So for three or four years we didn't even break even. Maybe last year we did. <laughs> that might have been the first year. This year has been so. The show this year is. Uh, You know, we're doing it all on the farm again with the COVID. We had originally planned to do some traveling and do some shooting again, but we weren't able to do that this year. So everything we shot is really on the farm. We did launch. uh, We launched some chocolates in California. We've also launched in uh, Colorado, as you know, and uh, now Oklahoma. So we have a little bit of that launching on the show this year. Uh, since I'm not a TV guy, I don't know what I'm supposed to say and not say. <laughs> oh no! Or <laughs> what I can reveal from the show. Uh, well, that all
2: sounds it, good.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. And it's basically, for us, it's about rebuilding the farm this year. We had, you know, like every other farm, we had mold issues and we had freeze issues, and so you know what we've been doing this past year really is rebuilding the farm and. Putting some automated um, greenhouses in, and just becoming a, you know, taking care of all the problems that we've learned over the last few years. So it's really a redo of the entire farming season and what it takes to get that done. And you know, it's a real education as far as you know how we grow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a juxtaposition! So very, it's very informative this year. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, kind of, what a juxtaposition it is to. You know, my first entrance into cannabis, I actually worked at a farm too, a large outdoor farm. And and what you're mentioning, you know, mold issues and freeze and frost and, you know, bud rot and these things, like they're all natural parts of of all of this. But what I noticed when I was in it is a lot of people are just afraid to talk about that. Even growers, they think it's like a black eye on them. But then it's like, Jim, here he is with like a TV show and you guys are just like being, you know, being real. And I, I think that's what gravitated me most to it is like, I even watched the show and I'm like, you guys are driving a Jeep Cherokee to deliver this stuff. And he's like black bins with the the yellow tops. And that's all the same stuff I use when I would go make sales rums and deliveries and stuff. And so to me, it was like, you guys, it wasn't fluff, it wasn't TV. It was that you guys just showed up with cameras and are recording and documenting uh, the true reality of what's happening. And I think, you know, just as much as the education as far as like, you know, what the, the plant can offer to people, I think just being real about um, some of the hurdles and the, and the difficulties in the industry in general is really just going to help to to make the industry more approachable. And then I think open it up so people within the industry can even communicate with each other and be a little bit more real about these things and not so like closed off and, and kind of behind the curtains type of
0: stuff. Yeah. Well, one thing about Jim, he is brutally honest. <laughs> so everything in the show is about honesty. So <laughs> That's awesome. You man. know, if you get a haircut and ask me if he likes your haircut, he's going to be brutal. He, he, <laughs> he doesn't know how to not be honest. That's pretty he cool. He's brutally honest. And he kind of demands that on his show. Everything we're doing here, it, it is about being honest. Yeah. And he really tells it like it is. I mean, the truth of the matter is. You know, and that we we do we were doing two cycles here, right, a year. Uh, we were doing light depth for the second cycle and the first cycle. You know, the first cycle, I think we anticipated, I think, 800 pounds. We lost 300 pounds to mold. And then the second cycle, we were hoping for 700 pounds, and we lost it all to a freeze. Wow. So basically, you know, we lost 1,000 pounds a week. And so this season, you know, what is the solution to that problem? And that's what this season is really about. That really is the A story. How do we overcome that battle and not have that happen again? Because the brands are doing so well, they're selling off the shelves. And then they were the Blues Brothers. You know, I I couldn't believe how well it was doing. And people were reordering faster than we can get it done. And, you know, we're in the manufacturing business. So we do a lot of pre-rolls. And it's tedious work and it takes time. And as you get these orders, they really want the orders filled in a short period of time. And then all of a sudden, we had no weed. And, you know, if you come off the shelf once and you don't have the product, it's hard to get back on the shelf. So we had some real challenges, right? And so I think we're going to show the audience this year, you know, how we reacted to that and what it takes to fix that. So it's a great season this year.
2: Well, we're long, looking forward to it. When, do you know, will it debut?
0: We don't know yet. They're still in the editing, I think. Uh, Jim is involved in doing the editing. So again, you know, <laughs> it'll take a little time <laughs> because he, he strives for excellence. So uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, originally it was going to come out the end of October. I do don't know, it could be late November, December, January. I don't know yet. As soon as they finish editing uh I built a little cafe here on the property. That's on the show this year. That's fun. We'll tell that whole story. Uh, we have some special guests that come, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool season. I'm looking forward to uh, watching it.
2: Well, Last year hard.
0: I watched a lot of the cuts. I was watching it with Jim and uh, you know giving my comments on editing. But this year I'm not watching any of them. I'm, I want to be able. To, I want to go home to Naples and watch it with the kids anyway and see sort yeah. the- of. That's fun. The, that's so yeah, fun. That, that's kind of my goal this
1: year. Yeah, that sounds like a lot so, of fun. Well, yeah. We, well, before we kind of wrap up here, you know, we know that you guys, uh, you have those established brands you, you just mentioned, but you guys just launched kind of a fun one, in my opinion, the good ugly weed. Uh, you know, do you guys want to talk about that? And, you know, uh, I see it might even have like your name attached to it a bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Another well. I don't know if I can say this or not, but Jim and I kind of had a contest this year. We had a $20 bet because he said I couldn't grow weed. And uh, so we made a $20 bet and we see who can grow better reading. So Jim and I grew a couple of plants each and we had a big contest this year. One of the judges kind of claimed that mine wasn't as good looking as his. So we created the brand Good Ugly Weed. <laughs> and it's Chris's good ugly weed, so naturally I got the title of the ugly. Oh, but goodness. we have we have four brands right now. Our value brand is Chris's uh, good ugly weed. We have Captain Jack and uh, the Blues Brothers in the mid range, and then we created Jim's brand, which is called Chasing Magic, which is really what he's done all of his life. Mm-hmm. That's our premium brand. Mm-hmm. Jim's strategy on that or policy, whatever you may call it, is really nothing ordinary at Chasing Magic. So he's always looking for something special, whether it's on our farm or elsewhere. Uh, You know, we have a chocolatier in Oklahoma. We call the girls the Two Katie's. They're connoisseurs of chocolate. So Jim put his label on that Chasing Magic because it's just excellent. Mm -hmm and you know one of our strains here qualifies for chasing magic but it's got to be something special so as jim goes tours and finds things that are totally out of the box and something special you know he'll put that brand on but but that is our premium brand so now it's about you know Which brand is going to do higher sales? Between (laughs) The Good Ugly Weed versus the uh, Chasing Magic.
1: I like it. Some good old-fashioned competition. And I will say, you know, it's it's fun that, you know, you guys have the full spectrum. and, And I think that's important, too, that you guys are making it accessible and available for everybody. I know there's plenty of people out there that search the value stuff, you know, Lucy and I included. So if it's, you know. Yeah,
0: it's very, by the way, it's very good. Yeah. It, you know, it's a value brand, but it really is excellent. So we're doing very well with it. We just launched it like a month ago, and it's really, really, really doing very well. Much better than expected. I think so, fun. you know, there, there's definitely a need for that. That's yeah. amazing. No, I, I love how
2: you guys keep evolving, too. I mean, you didn't have those brands last year, so that's very cool. And I know we yeah. got to try the pre-rolls at the Green Solution launch party last year and that was really fun. They were
1: good. We had some blue dream. Like we we smoked those on like a couple days and we're like, shit, we got to go get some more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. When are we going to see you again? Are you going to the convention in Vegas? Oh, we
2: won't be there, but we love that Jim's going to be there performing. We're totally bummed we're not going this year, but I know Jim's going to be out there and you guys are going to have a good time.
0: Oh yeah, we're excited about going. Yeah, that'll be fun. Danny's coming, amazing, and too. we're really looking forward to a great uh, yeah few days there. Well, you should come and visit us at the farm sometime.
1: We do. We yep. would love to. We'd yeah. love to. Yeah. Yeah. You're
0: more than welcome to come anytime. We'll make a nice dinner. You're not on that plant-based stuff. You want to be, <laughs> no. are you? No. no All I'm, right. Huge. I'm a meat eater. <laughs> I'm Italian.
2: (laughs) That's so funny. Well, we just let one last thing. Do you have any other final updates that you want to share about Belushi Farms? Anything else exciting on the horizon?
0: Nothing that I can spill yet because it's part of the show. We just had a big event last week. It'll be part of the show, but I don't know if I can say
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to stay tuned. Then We got to leave some spoilers (laughs) out there for somebody else to
0: figure out. So uh, you're going to have to tune in. Quite a dramatic ending.
2: Very cool. All right, Chris. One final thing: Uh, we are the Lit and Lucid podcast. So, are you lit or are you lucid?
0: I'm lit. (laughs) I love it. Keeping it lit. I'm lit. That's pretty fun. Thank you. Thank you again, (laughs) Chris. Very much. I feel very honored. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We do too. Okay. All
2: right, right, you guys. With that, I'm lit.
0: I'm lucid, and that's it. Later's.